When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? It's Jared from The Corner Booth. Do you like living balls out? Oh, boy, do I have a spot for you. Over 200,000 customers happily agree Ballsy is the best place for men's grooming products for your man area. Free of BS chemicals like paraben and sulfate made right here in the U.S. of A. Go to Ballsy.com. Use promo code BELLYUPSPORTS, all capitals. Ballsy is an official sponsor of The Corner Booth Podcast and Belly Up Sports. You are now in the Corn Roof Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Corn Roof Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clinton, alongside my loyal intern, Mr. Samir Singh, and my right-hand man, host of the Tailgate in the Quad Pod, Mr. Kevin. Boys, we're going old school today. It's a slower Week, of course, NFL draft was last week. MLB is kind of still in season form. NBA playoffs hasn't started yet. So we're going rundown style like we used to. What's on tap is literally the story, what the whole story of the show today. We've got about nine topics. We've got rock and roll. First off on the docket, Tim Tebow back in the news this week. My man's is signing. With the Jacksonville Jaguars, not as a quarterback, but a tight end. I have seen every angle of this story so far reported from every different person and every different opinion. So, Kevin, as our resident SEC fan, what do you think about Tebow going to the Jags to play tight end? I mean, I'm not that surprised by it. I mean, people asked him to get... Uh, to change positions before he was out of the league last time. And he said, no, I'm a quarterback. And after toiling away in the Mets farm system for a couple years, he realized that he's not a very good baseball player or NFL quarterback. So he's going to try the tight end position. I saw some people speculating he's probably going to also play a little fullback, running back, and goal line situations. Uh, They could honestly use him for gadget plays at quarterback if they want to give Trevor some rest. Uh, If he goes down with an injury, God forbid, you have Tebow there still. Say what you want about him as a quarterback. He knows how to win games. I did not like the reaction that people had. I saw one, uh, Lindsay OK, I think, tweeted. I think that's her name on Twitter. Uh, If not, I apologize. She said, I don't like this because there are younger people. Same thing with when he was on the Mets. There are younger people trying to break in the league who can probably do that better than him. If someone had the same skill set but was not named Tim Tebow, they wouldn't be in the league. I agree with that, honestly, wholeheartedly. I do not like the people who are going, oh, Tim Tebow's been out of the league since 2012, but Colin Kaepernick is still out of the league. Okay, so Colin Kaepernick wouldn't change positions. Allegedly, Colin Kaepernick would not admit that he was a, he had the skill set of a backup. 
Tim Tebow is changing positions. He's an athletic freak. He has been. Same with Kaepernick. Maybe Kaepernick should try being a running back. Honestly. It's in Tebow's people had this issue before. Tebow's not as much of a distraction. It's a media circus around him, but he's not the one causing the distraction by speaking. And I'm not saying Colin Kaepernick should not be using his platform to speak out against injustice. I'm not saying that. I'm saying where these teams are coming from. If you're not the star player, they do not want you being a distraction. Even look at Pittsburgh. They had three star players all being distractions. They cut two of them <clears throat> back in, oh, was it 16, 17? Um, I look at it from this point, and I, I got to agree with all those people who are coming at it, like, basically, like, like, look at those young, like, tight ends who are scrapping to get starts. You could even take it, like, certain teams are, like, letting older tight ends go because they're like, all right, well, we got this young kid behind him who's going to take off. I mean, Hunter, I mean, you, and then you've got ones like, like, look at Janu Smith, right? The second Delaney Walker walks out of the picture, dude earns himself a monster contract with the Kevin's Patriots. Uh, I'm looking forward to this year, a full year of starting Dallas Goddard, like, and no Zach Ertz taking touches from him. It, things like that. Like, I'm, from that perspective, it does, it's a little annoying. It's like, Tim, you have a gorgeous wife. You have a great gig on ESPN. Just right off into the sunset. You are one of the greatest college football players of all time. Oh, my God. And you want a fucking playoff game, too. Something about 95% of quarterbacks who start in the NFL never could do. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's cut in training camp. I don't know. I, I, I'm i not throwing that much salt and, like, ammo into this one for an actual, like, long-term story. Yeah, I kind of find this to be, like, uh, he's just going to be, like, the motivational speaker. That's what I'm thinking. Because it's like, I mean, yeah, the, I'm sure the guy's an athletic freak, but it's like he's not going to be able to block like a tight end. There's no way. And, like, sure, you can get him the ball a few times, maybe on a couple trick plays, maybe run a flea flicker with him or something. But outside of that, it's like what what kind of great impact on a football team does he have? And I don't know if you guys saw the reports that uh, people in the Jaguars – like organization are mad that he's on the team. Like I don't see if splitting the ready, then I don't see him like staying for an extended period of time. No, I hear that. I mean, I also think urban kind of threw his boy a bone a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Let's see what you got here. I mean, it uh, is also a slower news day. So this is a bigger story. I mean, they were talking about Tiba coming back for weeks. Yeah. But also it's just like, I don't know, I mean, what does this mean for the culture of the Jags under Urban Meyer? I'm not really sure. Is it going to be him throwing bones to his old to his old players? Is it going to be a lot of, uh, you know, uh, nepotism or, or what's going to go on? I don't know. Yeah, we're going to see. I mean, it's also his first head coaching gig north of college, so yeah. we'll see. I mean, some coaches don't transition. I mean – You've got guys who are good. They just didn't have enough time in their hands like Saban. You've got guys who did great but could never win like Harbaugh. And you've got guys who are absolute dog shit like Steve Spurrier. So we don't really know what he's going to tra- – we have guys who won championships like Jimmy Johnson. It's – this transition from coaching a long time in college to coaching in the pros is always a weird transition for coaches. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, what kind of coach Urban Meyer is going forward. I mean, there's also coaches who have one. You have Pete Carroll. True. Yeah. I should have thrown him with the Jimmy Johnson uh, category. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't know if Urban really cares, frankly. True. 
Yeah. I had someone I someone said when he first got here, like, if he wins a Super Bowl, he will be the greatest coach ever. No, if you're not the greatest coach at either level, you can't suddenly become the greatest coach cause just because you've won it both. Does that make Jimmy Johnson basically Jesus? <laughs> I, I guess, apparently. But no, I don't think he really cares because if this move blows up in his face and the Jaguars still suck and he ruins Trevor Lawrence, he just has heart attacks to fall back on that he can blame. Oof. I'm never going to stop making that joke. I hate Urban Meyer. (laughs) (laughs) That was too good. All right. Moving on down the list. Next up, this broke about maybe two hours ago, maybe three. I don't know know, exact timeline. But the Oakland Athletics, with the MLE's blessing, are seeking a new home if there is not a new stadium built in Oakland for them. They are done at the Coliseum even though it's hysterical that they're the only team there and it's still a shithole. Uh, I, I just, this is hysterical. I, it's just, Oakland's just taking L's after L's after L's in sports. So, uh, Samir, we'll let you take lead on this. What do you think? Oakland A's, Las Vegas A's? Like, what are we thinking here? Uh, I'm thinking Vegas. I, I, I have a strong feeling it's going to be Vegas. It feels like Vegas is like the big new hot destination for teams and, um, I think this would be a perfect fit for them to move uh, to Vegas because I think the A's are a very exciting team. They've always been exciting, and they don't—they're not in a big market. So you take that um, that front office and like that energy behind that organization, throw it into a much bigger market. They're gonna be making lots and lots more money, and that team's gonna be great. I I don't know why, but I've always had a soft spot for the A's. They're like oh, there's just one of those teams that I just like enjoy like i've always enjoyed like i always like cespedes when he was on the a's and just like donaldson and just like yeah and all these like random guys will just pull out to have like fantastic seasons it's awesome matt olsen matt chapman like like they're great um so i so to like give them the opportunity to be in a bigger market and like succeed even farther than they have i think it's i think it's pretty cool the a's have always been an interesting organization because even back as my childhood i remember like the big three Hudson Mulder and Barry Zito was always fun to watch. There was always that one team that had the white the white cleats with the green Nike swishes on them or whatever it yeah. was. Like, everybody else had like black cleats or like maybe red or blue. There's just this one random team with white and green cleats, and it was just they always just had a clean look to them. And watching them and even come on like Money Balls, it was kind of a fun story with them. And every time in the playoffs, unless they're playing like one of your favorite teams, you kind of always pull for Oakland a little bit because it's yeah. fun to watch. I, yeah, I, I, always. I, yeah, I think that energy going to a bigger market where they can get more of you definitely would help. I hope they don't change anything. I hope it's like the Raiders where it's they keep like, you know, the uniforms, you know, the logo, everything like that. But uh, they just change, you know, go to Vegas. Parker Ainsworth, you write your belly up, tweeted, Oakland once had an NBA dynasty, a football team with 25 year old defense player of the year. And a 97 and 65 baseball team, now they're about to have nothing ridiculous. I agree with everything except the last part. It's not ridiculous. This is entirely on the city of Oakland. They refuse to keep. And I don't know the cost-benefit analysis, but it's on the city. They wouldn't give the Raiders a new stadium after the fans were loyal to them. They wouldn't give Oakland a stadium, or even once they were the only team. They would not help them improve the stadium and then... The Warriors just going to San Francisco, I feel like, was always a move that was going to happen. But 
there's another team that could make try to make a hard push. It would require some realignment. Hmm. Nashville. Oh, wow. The Music City Baseball Group has been pushing hard to ex- expand or get an MLB team to Nashville. It's a growing city. It's a great a- atmosphere on game day. I mean, the Preds have been doing phenomenally with turnout there, and it's a fun time. Titans, too. I th- yeah, t- I think Nashville actually makes a lot more sense than p- people are all going to go. Uh, it's going to be Vegas, but I think Nashville has an outside shot to maybe get them. That's better than people expected. So they would maybe push one of the teams from the Central to the West? Yeah. Hmm. All right, so maybe like... Uh... Maybe the uh, Minnesota. Who's the farthest west out of those teams? Minnesota. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Minnesota is the farthest west. The Rangers. No, Rangers are already AL uh, AL West. Yeah, Rangers are AL West. Okay. AL West is right now currently then the, the Royals. Oh yeah, that's right. That's not that bad of a they, – they do that for football already. Those oh, yeah. teams are so weird, though, because they're near all the East teams, but there's nothing – like, outside of Denver, once you hit that, like, Minneapolis, Kansas City, uh, like, Dallas line through the country, there's nothing until you hit the West Coast. True. So Vegas does make the most sense in terms of it's it would not be too much of a move. It wouldn't cause too much issues with a realignment or anything like that. But I, know, I think Nashville has a chance. I think worst case scenario, because they already talked about what the expansion fee would be for um, the MLB. Because they're, like apparently the numbers are up again, like flying up, like their viewer numbers and everything else. I guess baseball, people are loving baseball again, which is kind of cool. But... um. I don't know. I feel like Nashville, if there was an expansion team, would be the first one to get a call. Because geographically, Vegas makes so much sense. Or we get weird with it. Hartford, let's go. No. Oh, hell yeah, let's go. The A's go to Nashville. The Rays go to Portland. Oh. Oh, That would rock. Dude, they can barely keep, like, the the Portland Trailblazers, like, oh, God, that, that poor team. They haven't had fans since, what, like 2019 at this point? Well, I don't know. I, which I think says more about the fans than it does Portland, because Damian Lillard, you get the price of admission with him. Oh, yeah. If if, if I was living around the corner from an NBA stadium, and I was like, oh, the Blazers are in town, like, I will pay 30 bucks to go watch Dame light up my team for 30 points. No question. Also, maybe with Portland, you get a light, nice little, because... Like in MLS, the Portland Timbers and the Seattle um, Sound? Yeah. No. Yeah. Sound? Seattle Sound. That's a pretty sound. intense rivalry. Yeah. That's also the most popular part of the country for soccer, apparently, for MLS soccer. So that's an intense rivalry. Get that going in baseball. Get a team in Portland. Have them duke it out with the Mariners. Now, I would put money on whatever team ends up in Portland. I don't care who it is over the Mariners most of the time, but it yeah. could still be fun. I mean, one of the we can even do this quick. Let, like some of the most the the most wasted rivalries in sports right now. Texas in Houston should be like an amazing rivalry because it's literally splitting Texas down the line. The Rangers have an amazing ballpark. 
The Astros are like the cheaters. They have an amazing ballpark, too. The teams that are historically both been very good over the last 20 years. They both have stars like Joey Gallo, Carlos Correa, whatever, what have you. I honestly think that's a wasted rivalry in the NLS because, I mean, the biggest – I mean, besides wasting Mike Trout's career away in Los Angeles, so Angels of Anaheim, um, you know, I, that's one thing the NL, AL West always surprised me. Like, the NL West, you have, like, five five teams that all hate each other, and it's hysterical. Like, there's at least a brawl between each team in that division at least once a year. So, I I, I mean – I just, it's it's relocation is gonna be weird. I just the MLB is in a weird spot because they have a lot of room for like expansion and improvement because like their numbers are going up while NBA's are dropping. Will they ever catch the NBA? I have no idea. Is it hysterical that the NBA was once the team, the league that was gonna catch the NFL? That went great, guys. Good job. It's like an Atlanta level collapse right now. I will say though, like the like. I think the the Texas rivalry like would be I just had I don't it hasn't like aligned yet like recently like just in the terms of like the last time the Rangers were good were like early 2010s when the Astros sucked and the Astros got good and now the Rangers suck the Rangers are playing good ball now but now it's just like they're waiting to get on the same playing field like that's something I've been like noticing with like Yankees Red Sox like Yankees Red Sox yeah that's always going to be a rivalry but it's not it's nowhere near as intense as it was in like the early 2000s just because you know, both teams, like, in the early 2000s, both teams were in the ALCS, like, consistently, like, contending teams. Like, now it's a little different where the Red Sox had a couple rough years and the Yankees were rebuilding. So, like, then 2018, 20, 2017, 2018 happened. But then after this, it, like, I don't know. Now it seems like the Astros are enemy number one for yeah. everyone. Also, the Yankees and Red Sox just trade off good years. Yeah, pretty like, much. Last year the Red Sox were terrible. This year the Red Sox are the best record in baseball, and the Yankees are are terrible. Hey, we're not terrible. Also, the Yankees don't rebuild. I just want to clear no. that up. They, they don't reload. When you and I'm saying as a Red Sox fan, like I know this is kind of pot calling the kettle black because we have probably the second highest payroll every year. But when you have the highest payroll year in year out, and it's not like Every year, like every couple of years, they go down to like 10th. No, they are consistently number one. They don't rebuild. They just try to re-up and they fail sometimes. I think we're number two now always behind the Dodgers because they're forking over money. Dodgers and Padres, I think you're third or fourth and the Red Sox are fourth or fifth or something like that. Oh, Yankees are number two. It's a rebuilding year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hey, mean, we're, we're, we're on the up and up now. Uh, we've I think we've won like, I don't know, 10 out of our last 13 or something and we're in second. Oh, no. Hey, hey, if this makes you guys feel better, uh, my team lost six straight up until last night. But we're only two back of the team in front of us in the division because the Dodgers have lost like 10 of their last 15. They're yeah, both, that's hilarious. It was all everyone's blame. All the Dodgers fans are blaming this one guy's tweet, how they were like on pace to go 140 and 20. I was just like, yeah, oh. yeah. I, you know, like Dodgers fans are the most annoying people on Twitter, too, because they come at every fan base in the NL West. Like, oh, we won last year. I'm like, your season base, your guys winning the title last year basically makes 2020 even worse. Like, nobody wants to see the Dodgers win. They basically overpaid for everybody. At least San Diego's fun. Dodgers are just fucking annoying. They're Kevin, is this what you guys feel about the Red Sox? I mean, not the Red Sox, the Yankees? Just, like, fuck these guys? <laughs> like, uh, no, see them win? Their, their fans are annoying because... 
if Twitter was a thing in 2004 after the Red Sox came back from three down, you know Twitter would be filled with, I don't care, 27 rings. Oh, easily. At that point, it was 26. But... Okay, my bad. But still, like, it's it's inf- it's so dumb. Yeah, I know. I mean, they won half of those when black people weren't allowed to play. Those yeah, even I can get behind counts. that. Like, it's so easy to be like, all right, guys, can we not use that as an argument? I always use I always use the last time the Yankees and the Red Sox play. That's why I can't talk shit right now. You guys beat us in 2018. That's it. I'm not going to say anything. True. I mean, baseball rivals is just odd. I mean, because like, it's kind of oh, tough because it's like you you play you play each other 18 times a year, too, where it's yeah. like when when the Giants and the Eagles play, that's twice a year. And then if we play in the playoffs, then it's even more. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah like, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, see, at least you guys have like a pretty set like it's Yankees, Red Sox. The Rays are like that annoying cousin who always tries to butt in out here. I mean, out there where, you know, my the division I root for and pull for the most, all five teams just want to beat the hell out of each other. And then there's just Colorado sitting at the bottom like, we're still valid. <clears throat> Trevor's story still a thing. Oh, he's gone. He there's no uh, way deadline. He's, he's he's gone. They 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 are literally gonna blow that team up completely. Cause that one once they got rid of Nolan, I was like, this team is screwed. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I know, look the at Giants the are still winning games. How the fuck are the Giants still winning games right now? It's a matter of their offense. It, they're just they're, the bats are hot and like it it's like kind of the same thing with the Red Sox where it's like you, we have to see how the pitching like will stand and like in the Red Sox case when Chris Sale comes back that'll be but I think the Red Sox are much better like in a better position than the Giants but it's a similar situation where I don't think the Giants have the starting pitching to keep mm-hmm. up with they're doing I think the Red Sox do uh two things that are giving me hope one the Diamondbacks want to be spenders at the deadline and two tell Marte's back in two weeks I think so that lineup at, our offense has been great up until we start, played Miami and, um, you know, we had our best hitter back would be great. Cole Calhoun's out until God knows how late anyway, but it's all right. We got all these young outfielders now hitting dingers. Um, next, oh, we'll go back to football boys. Um, Devontae Adams. So not really much has been made about any other Packers. Really haven't said much currently before with the Aaron Rodgers thing. Cause you know, that broke during the draft day. Um, but Devontae Adams came out, I think it was today. Right today he came out and said this that basically he'll have to consider leaving if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back. Well, no shit. I mean, this guy basically made your career, and whoever the hell they're putting behind him is you may may not be the guy staring you down, throwing you a ball to triple coverage, and watching you smoke three different corners. I, I don't blame Devontae Adams for this. I think it's a smart idea. I, I really look at it from the standpoint that. If you have a magic bag of beans that literally makes you all your money, if that bag of beans leaves, you follow it. And it's a really horrible, like, analogy, but you guys get what I'm saying. Like, he's the golden goose. You follow him, like, because he's going to keep getting Devontae Adams paid. And I think without Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams isn't the top five receiver, obviously. So. Yeah, I'm actually um... – I've been talking to one of my buddies in my dynasty league. He's trying to trade me Devonte Adams, and I don't know what to do. Like, do I want him? I don't know. It, it's so up in the air. Where it's like, and he's not. He, the problem is he's not selling him cheap. And I no, said, hey man, make sure he sells him low. 
Because you yeah. got to say, like, listen, I'm not pulling for the for anything less than X player or X pick for the simple reason that we don't know who's throwing them the ball next year. It's the same reason nobody would draft DeAndre Hopkins before the second round two, three years ago before Watson came in is because nobody knew who the fuck was throwing the ball. Yeah. He's acting for Antonio Gibson, I'm saying. Oh, sweet. <laughs> God, no. Tell him to shut the hell up. Kevin, what you got? Uh, this is like what Gronk did a few years ago. Uh, when they said they were going to trade him to Detroit, he said, Tom Brady's my quarterback. So, no, I'll retire. When Gronk was already a Hall of Famer and Devontae Adams is not. Uh, but, I don't know. I, I was thinking it's weird because all these Packers players are now talking about this. Not all, but you know they're talking about behind closed doors. Devontae Adams made a statement about it. And Packers like, no, Adam Schefter made it up. He admitted to it. I've only seen, like, YouTube videos say Adam Schefter made it up. Yeah, no, um, I really want to get our good friend Savannah here. I want to hear her actual opinion because as much as we bust her balls, she's actually one of the more intelligent Packers fans. But at the same time, like this whole thing just screams like, guys, like what the hell is going on? Also, you got to give Packers PR some credit because up until about a month ago, they uh, um, I mean, a week and a half ago, they kept this under pretty good wraps. Like it was a pretty quiet story for about two months after it was a th- apparently a thing. So... I mean, if this makes any summary, I saw one of the tweets from a Packers fan. I actually trust her opinion, obviously. And it was like, I'm done talking about this Rodgers thing, which means it's legitimate, and which means it's happening. Like, if they're all calling defeat, I, I, I got to say, like, I think Rodgers gets moved June 1st or June 2nd. Like, I would almost bet money on it, like bet some Dogecoin or something. Just like, let's get this moving here. It's about sending a message, right, Kev? Exactly. Yeah, um... Also, I want to see Aaron Rodgers retire, I, not because I'm like, oh, I hate Aaron. I don't care. He doesn't impact me, doesn't make it out of the NFC Championship every year, so never really saw him in the Super Bowl. Don't really care. But I want to see him retire or get traded and Jordan Love tear it up. I want to see him come in, throw 5,000 yards, 53 touchdowns with the same weapons. Actually, I want Devontae Adams to leave, too. I want him to go, nope, I'm not playing Jordan Love. And then Jordan Love comes in and tears it up. Just oh, Marcus Baldus scouting a thousand yard year. Just the <laughs> biggest middle finger to the Aaron Rodgers. Every year Aaron Rodgers like, I don't have weapons. I need weapons. And then watching Jordan Love come in and just awesome. dominate would be amazing. All right, let's pause this on the I don't have weapons bullshit because as much as I shit on the guys that they have, Lazard is a solid three or four. He's like a Tim Patrick. He's good, but he's not like I wouldn't build my rock. He wouldn't be a number two to me. Marquez Valdez Scanling is fast as all god hell. And he's not, I mean, he's a good two and a half, three. He's not terrible. Devontae Adams is so good, it's okay to have two threes next to him. Big Bob Tunyon is arguably a top 10 tight end right now. He broke Aaron that Jones team. is a top 10 running back. I don't see what the problem is here. They also have A.J. Dillon as a number, as probably a top 40 running back overall, and a, probably a top five number two running back. And a they, very good old line. Yes, we keep forgetting that. They replaced their center, too. So, Tunyon also broke Packers tight end receiving records this year. Yeah. Big Bab. Uh, I I don't think the Packers are going to do anything. I think they're going to try and call Rodgers' bluff. Until Rodgers just shows up, he's hosting Jeopardy instead of going to camp. Or just trade him for, like, a wide receiver that he likes. Oh, my God. Like, like hey, uh, all right, Aaron, what, like... Obviously, we can't get the top guys, but, like, what's a guy that you really want to play with, that you really want us to try and get? 
uh, I don't know, like a Jerry Judy. Okay, cool. Hey, Denver, we'll give you Rodgers for Judy and a couple firsts. <laughs> like, uh, okay. That'd be perfect. Oh, my God, it'd be hysterical. But then, like, Aaron Rodgers would, like, commit holy war on the freaking uh, Packers. Uh, this whole this whole crazy – it's just crazy. And I, I just the Packers right now – we talked about this, what was it, two, last week, last Tuesday, when then Cruz came on our live stream to defend his boys. Me and Samir both kind of buried the Packers a little bit. They are, they've really got to hope Jordan Love's good. Seriously, because they've literally won the quarter. They're, they're Indianapolis Coltsing this thing. They, are, they won a quarterback lottery. The Colts fumbled it because they couldn't block for Andrew Luck. These guys are staring on the barrel of, oh, God, we can't get free agents how are we going to win games? So uh, they better really hope Aaron Rodgers, they, Aaron Rodgers doesn't like go through it with not playing, but all right. So speaking of the Colts, Eric Fisher signs with them. Samir, what was the contract? Was it two years? Uh, I think it was one year, nine and a half million. One year, nine and a half. Getting Carson Wentz some blocking. I Love. I already have the Colts as like one of my AFC favorites already. I was banging the table for them. I'm like, oh my god, you give them a top ten talent quarterback, not top ten quarterback, a top ten talent level quarterback. You give him a coach who actually knows how to use him. Then he'll actually listen to. I should reward that. Um, good receivers. Ty is coming back for one more year. I I don't know how I feel about Michael Pittman. I think he's still just a one route guy with not enough speed. But and then. A absolutely loaded backfield and a good tight end and a good defense. I mean, I'm looking at arguably – I'm thinking 12-4, and four and the Fisher thing just reaffirms that to me. Yeah, I mean, I think I, – I do really like this team. I mean, the one concern I have is the lack of, of a true wide receiver one. Like, I think – I mean, T.Y. has been great, uh, but, you know, he's been injured. He's had a couple good games here and there the past couple years, but it, but it's can he sustain that? Pittman I also don't believe in uh, uh, like you, Jared. But 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 then when you really think about it, then this, this team's a run-first team anyways. This team has, I think, the best running back room in the league, possibly, with, with Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, and Naheem Hines. Like, that's just like – Jonathan Taylor, all-purpose, fantastic bet running back. I would argue even top 10, top 5, like, already. Fantasy level. Let's not go skill level yet. I think he's just outside the yeah. top 10. And then Marlon Mack is a, a, just a very good bruising back, and then you have nine times a great receiving back. Like, I think the majority of their offense will work out of the, out of the backfield, and that's going to be the focus for a lot of teams, so I don't think they necessarily need a stud wide receiver, you know, to, to be around – you know they don't they don't need a Devonte Adams. You know they they can have a couple of serviceable serviceable guys, and I think with the offensive scheme um, that they'll have with Wentz, I think I think it'll be fine. Okay. And that defense is so good, anyways. Um, it it's going to be a dogfight for number one in the AFC South. I can still see the Colts finishing second behind the Titans because they're yeah the running back core is phenomenal, but they need to break Carson Wentz some very bad habits he got into in the last couple of years in Philly. And yeah, Frank Reich was the quarterback whisperer for him when he was there, but you still need to break those habits. So I this is I don't think this is the Colts here. I think they should take this year, try to win, obviously. Don't tank, 
But try to win that number one spot. They're not going to make a Super Bowl this year. They're they need they need the wide receiver and they need a year to fix Carson Wentz. I think it's going to be more of the first couple games you're going to see. Just I mean, <clears throat> the off season it's going to all depend on training camp and everything else. But I think with the Colts, the biggest thing is like they just have to tread water for the first maybe month or so of the season. Because if Tennessee gets hot and starts out hot. Okay, we got a problem because now you got Derrick Henry doing what Derrick Henry does in the back end of the season like he does every year, literally steamrolling his way right into the first round. But if the Colts can kind of hang around, be a game or two out, eh, whatever, and then get hot, keep keep pace later in the season, I'm not really worried as much about Indy as everyone thinks. I mean, yeah, he's got to break some bad habits, Kev, but at the same time, when you actually have a defense that makes stops, the habits don't look as bad. Philly's defense was atrocious last year. Let's not try to act. Yeah, over. but also when you're turning it over as much as the Eagles were, it's hard to have a good defense. Oh, also, obviously. I'm concerned about even with a full offseason, I'm concerned with Carson Wentz's ability to break those bad habits. It's going to take some hard coaching. He's going to get screamed at. I'm not sure if Carson Wentz can take that anymore. He was rattled when he got benched. That's going to be in the back of his mind. Uh, so I don't know where his headspace is at. I don't know if we have a guy. He might be like Cat. He might just be soft at this point and doesn't like taking criticism because he hasn't had that face it that much in his life. He like Cat in like Crosby Towns. Yes. Wow, he's taking a shot at nothing. Wow, just a blatant just that bang, he's bang, bang, bang. in my head. But Carson Wentz really, yeah, he went to NDSU. That's not he obviously didn't have schools chasing after him, but had a lot of success there. Had a lot of success early on in his career. How coachable is he? How is his mental state going to be? Especially after essentially throwing a temper tantrum because he got benched because he sucked last year. We'll see. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm i like rolling with this Eagles hype train right now. So it, like the Carson Wentz headache has left my mind. Yeah, now uh, they're going to take Emory Jones next year, according to PFF. Yo, I don't even want to listen to that. Like the disrespect Jalen Hurts gets is hysterical. Like, I thought Wentz got shit on by the media last year. Hurts is getting dookied on by these people. And I'm just – I saw the quote by Devontae. I sent it to you about, like, you know, it's like – it's like, you know, it's me and it's me, it's me and Jalen. Like, we're the best young receiver. I am hype as hell. Like, Hurts has a swagger about him when he plays that is just infectious. I love – because it's, it's not like, like a kind of a goofy, oh, shucks, we scored a touchdown, like, you know, the Wentz-Rivers kind of thing. This dude literally ran over two defensive backs to score a touchdown against Arizona. People also are like, oh, he can't throw. Have you watched him since he transferred from Alabama? Have you watched his tape, his offseason tape? His, his The biggest thing was his delivery, and he fixed it. It looks beautiful. It looks clean as hell. Now uh, he's just to learn how to read a defense better, and he will be an unstoppable quarterback. He still reads defense. He still reads defenses better than half the quarterbacks in the league right now. Yeah, it's not a knock on him. I just would like oh, to see I, a bit more improvement in that. Oh no, I I do too. I think he needs to go. Like I would love to see him go at least one through four before he takes off. But I mean, still, it's better than Drew Lock one two. Throw as hard as I can in area. See if somebody catches yeah. it. And it's he's shown a lot of proof of that because it used to be oh that guy's covered up running. Yeah, I mean, as an Alabama fan, you've seen him since day one, so. I think Carson Wentz just needs to post a video of him with a with a nice little release, throwing some balls pretty far, and then we'll all have a little bit more confidence in the Colts. 
Dude, these workout videos work. When Cam Newton was dropping those workout videos last year, everyone was like, he's going to be MVP. Like, they were legitimate amount of people that were like, he's going to be so good. He's going to be amazing. The Madden developers also saw those and thought the same thing. Because now in Madden 20, if you sim the season, nine times out of ten, Cam Newton would win MVP on like a 9-7 and seven Patriots team. You know what's so funny to me is um, last year, Kev, I remember when they, you guys signed him. For about two days, you were just on a roll. Yeah, then I saw him and remembered he doesn't know how to throw a football anymore. Speaking of, Kevin, do you think do you think um, day one Mac Jones will start or Cam will play the whole year? Or what do you think? Cam's not going to play the whole year. So I can see Cam Newton starting out early on and then after a couple bad games or something, put in Cam or put in Mac. If the Patriots haven't linked to Julio Jones for a while and it's expected he's traded before you go on, I'm not saying the, it's a walk to the Patriots. If the Patriots trade for Cam Newton or trade for Julio Jones, why can't they talk today? If they trade for Julio, start Mac day one. If not, put in Cam for a couple games. Let Mac get some games under or get some more experience and then put him in midpoint of the season. Now, if we're pushing for a playoff spot, then obviously ride the hot hand. But I want to see Mac get some playing time, some substantial playing time this year. He was touted partially by me, partially by a lot of people. As the second most day one ready quarterback in the draft. So, play him early if you have to. Also fair. Um, all right, Kevin, speaking of which, you told me you had some things to get off your chest. Usually our intern's the one going on a rant. I already got him off my chest. It was the uh, Kaepernick thing. Oh, okay. So, you're, that's that's it. Now you have to rant about Okay, that's, that's, a, that's a buzzkill. Intern, do you have anything to rant about today? <clears throat> What do I have to rant about? Well, no, I would like to welcome back, though, uh, Luke Voigt, back from the IL. He's come back tonight in our game. Uh, the Yankees lineup is back, the real Yankees lineup. Uh, I think it's safe to say that Gary Sanchez sucks and that he shouldn't be the catcher. Um, and I think Higgy is the answer there. Um, but I'm excited to see our actual first baseman back because we were rocking with Mike Ford, Jay Bruce, and all these other scrubs for the past month. And I don't know if I could take it. Oh, and also Sterling Shepard changing his number to number three. Just, just announced. Yeah. A couple, I, I saw a couple. Um, uh, it's just NFL.com just posted. Actually, it was pretty interesting. Um, I believe so. Like the first was Fournette. He, I guess, he was the big, the first one to actually pull the trigger on it. Patrick Peterson going to seven. Um, Emmanuel Sean Sanders, Jackson. Both, Deshaun Jackson, Emmanuel Sanders, both going to one. Uh, Robert Woods going to two. Bobby Trees, literally the best nickname ever. Um, uh, Buddha Baker is going to number three, and uh, KJ Hamler is going back to number one. Jason Verrett's going to number two. Devontae Smith, six. Michael Parsons, I think, is going to stay with 11. Uh, Darius Slay going to two. I, I kind of like that. So, a, like, not a ton of these guys are doing it, but, a good, a, like, a decent amount. So it's going to be fun to see it. D- does that extend to the defensive side of the ball, too? Yeah. Okay. I'm excited to see uh, Tim Tebow wearing number 15 at tight end. <laughs> yeah. That'll be fun. I mean, technically, in Madden, you can do that, but... Well, Madden yeah. doesn't have jersey rules. So. Oh, that's right. I forgot. They, they I got can give a running back number 69 if I want to, and I've done that before. We had, I had that a, rocks. 
I had a fullback number 69 for a hot minute, too. Would you I think only you? fullbacks should be. I think fullbacks, the only number a fullback could have is 69. I think they should change that. Or 45. Uh, just like the most. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 45 is the most fullback number of all time. Yeah. You got two choices, pal. <laughs> or like a double number. So like a 22, 33, 44. Like all those like double numbers. That That's like a total fullback thing. Oh, for sure. Oh, you know what? Actually, I do have one thing I'd like to rant about, and I want to hear your guys' opinions on this. Okay. The Universal DH. Uh, I have one of my friends who has been bugging me for the past week, being like, pitchers should hit, pitchers should hit, pitchers should hit. It's o- You're only losing, like, one quarter of a hit per month or something because, oh, a pitcher only bats, I don't know, twice a game, and they're slashing only a little bit below. They're not. There's... I will pull up the numbers of 2021 of pitchers hitting. It's atrocious. I can and, name the amount of pitchers who I actually trust hitting on one hand. Yeah. Otani, Bumgarner, Granky, Kershaw occasionally, and then Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. Uh, so pitchers hitting in 2021 are slashing 107 average, 100, 135 on base, and 143 slugging with a 47.3 strikeout percentage. So why would I pay money or even want to watch a game where I, where a guy's going to come up and half the time I know they're striking out? What is that? And these guys are people who have not hit since like middle school. Like they legitimately have not practiced hitting since middle school. And now they're like, all right, pick up a bat and face pro pitching, which yeah. is just like – ridiculous i will, I will you, say this, the best- Jared, you forgot a huge pitcher that you would not trust or in your list of pitchers you would trust hitting oh waskari noah mm, true uh let's just yeah, go through his uh, hitting stats this year 15 at bats six hits three runs a double two home runs one of those was a grand slam by the way and six rbis so that's a 400 batting average and on-base percentage because he hasn't uh, walked. 867 slugging percentage, 1.267 OPS, wow. 13 total bases. <laughs> it's like the minor. That's like your first game in like of the season kind of stats if you go off. Yeah. I mean, just absurd. But then, but then you know, it's like I I also think that the universal DH encourages two-way players. And hear me out here because. In, o- in Shohei Otani's case, if Otani went to a, an NL team, he could only hit once every five days, unless he picked up first base or picked up a fielding position, which why would he do? Because he's a pitcher. Like, the, like, giving the universal DH gives actually good two-way players the opportunity to actually get at-bats when they're not pitching. The NL, the NL does not provide that opportunity. I would offer this as a suggestion, a movable DH, as in... Yeah. Let's say I start the game with but Mad Bummer Otani, right? Let's say it's the, let's say I'm put, it's Diamondbacks Dodgers, and Tori Lavelle's like, yeah, I want Mad Mad Bum's like, yeah, I want to hit today, and Tori's like, all right, whatever. But we pull Mad Bum in the fourth. We're allowed to use the DH for the rest of the game. We have to stick with the DH, have to stick with it. But from the second Matt, that pitcher is pulled, the pitcher himself can elect to hit. Only that pitcher. You like, but once he's pulled. You should be allowed to have a DH for the rest of the game, almost like a pitch hitter. I do not like that. Because it, it would be com- fun. it would then completely change the pinch hitter rules. 
if you pinch hit a guy, he has to go into the game or you have to take him out the rest of the game. I think if you have a pitcher who can't hit, you get the choice. But it's like you would take if you have an ambidextrous pitcher, they have to pick at the beginning of each at bat which way they're going to go. You should do that with hitters who pitchers who hit, but throughout the game. So let's say you have Otani on the mound to start or something. And you go, we're hitting Otani, obviously. And then you have a reliever coming in the seventh. That reliever has to hit. You chose that pitchers are hitting this game, they're hitting. The other team can pick something different. I'm not, although that'd be a fun wrinkle. If the home team picks that their pitcher's hitting, your pitchers have to hit. That'd be interesting. I like that rule, actually. I think there's, there's, there is room to make this work. I think it, not your way. Having, DH, having it, uh, DH as an addition, if you like, you have a hitting pitcher and you take him out, but you have to keep a DH in for the rest of the game, like a permanent substitution. I think that adds a little more offense, but without the stupidity of putting a guy on second base in extra innings, MLB. Um, I think so that I, your rule is up there with the stupidity. I will defend my rule to the death. All right. Um, quick uh, sad note. Uh, Colt Brennan, uh, passed away. I think it was, I believe today, uh, 37 years old, former Hawaii golden warriors or rainbow warriors quarterback and Washington football team backup, arguably one of the most entertaining quarterbacks I ever watched as a kid. He was in California doing some rehab for his legs and stuff. Cause he wore, used a cane brace and had blood clots. Then went to a rehabilitation center. His father visited him. Uh, was like, you need like more help. Took him to the emergency room. The detox facility at that hospital was full, so the hospital did not tell his family and just released him to the streets. And then he was found unconscious later, and then uh, died surrounded by his family. Samir, you got anything to add about Cole Brennan? It's just, it's always sad when, just to see uh, athletes pass away so early, especially just like, oh, like these guys, uh, you know, they always seem like superheroes to us, and like just these like greater than life figures, and um, they athletes, you know, as much as we, you know, don't really recognize it that much. Well, I guess we do, but they're always, you know, really important in like the, like the way that like we look up to athletes and the way that like they affect us, like sports moments, the way we feel after sports moments, like these guys carry a great significance in our lives. Um, so I think that's something that it can be you know reflected on and like we maybe you know sometimes we should appreciate um athletes and how they affected us you know and how even if we hated them uh how they affected us and how we viewed them before you know they unfortunately pass away also one last note on that uh he's getting a toxicology report done and they will give him an autopsy, including a brain test to see if there was a neurodegenerative disorder from repeated head trauma. And the police are also investigating his death. All right. Um, quick last note before we roll the last call. Jake Hull, officially playing professional basketball overseas. Uh, playing what, what? What is the name of this? It's the was it the Basketball Africa League or something like that? He's playing for the Rwandan Patriots. So, uh, yeah. I think it's three to six games, though, only. He's not playing a whole season. He's playing well, a few I games. Mean, it's still cool going get, to get to go out and watch him see, play some professional ball. Oh, it's awesome. That's going to be sweet. And, hey, Tebow, take notes. He's proving himself overseas first. 
I, I'm just, I'm, 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 we're making Tebow shots today. All right, uh, Kevin, okay, anything? Oh, hang on, some of the names of these teams are kind of fire. Okay. Uh, the AS Police. Um, <laughs> the Ass Police. <laughs> just as the GS Petrolier, which is the sports group of oil fields, or Sportive <laughs> Petrolier. Uh, Rowan <laughs> Patriots. Um, Rivers Hoopers. Just not. As, I just love Petrolier. The Sportive Day Petrolier is amazing. And Zamalek Sporting Club is just a cool name. I like this. It's like those cool names you find when you like look in the back end of the, like uh, the G League teams in the NBA. But I, I like the names though. They're all cool. So I I think my new favorite team in the Basketball after league is Group Mont Sportif de Petrolier, the sports group of oil fields. It's a basic. Fair enough. All right. You got anything weird for me, Kevin, besides those those names? No, those names are just amazing. <laughs> that, was your weird, that was your weird thing in sports right there, those names of those basketball leagues. Yes. All right. Um, I really don't got anything left for the last call this week. So, um,. Uh, boys, anything you got to get off your chest before we roll out of here for Thursday? <clears throat> Nothing burning in my mind. Yeah, very mellow day today. I mean, the only thing that's been crazy, I got my I got my shot today. So, so far, I haven't passed out yet. Is this one or two? Uh, one and only. Oh, you got Johnson Johnson? Yes, sir. I'm getting Moderna. My second one is next Friday. Oh, so I'm getting Pfizer. So pick Kevin's your team. Thrown through a damn meat grinder. Pretty much. That's why I'm having my fun early in the week. Attaboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So uh, shout out to our, our uh, of course, Billy Sports and the Billy Podcast Network as well. Our boys over at Craft Brew are on tomorrow as well. Also, check out the new episode of Garage Beers. This, the, the, I got to give a shout. Those boys are hysterical. We might be doing a collaboration with them coming down the road as well. So should be a fun time. Also check out our boy Cruise Auction Riders podcast as well, Cruise Control. So uh, I'm Jared. Should we announce Kev. that there's no episode next week? What? Should we announce that there's no episode next week? I mean, me and Samir could do one. If, you like, said last the, week you weren't doing an episode. Yeah, true. I mean, <laughs> we could do an emergency press conference episode if there's something crazy that happens. But folks, Kevin is right. As as of right now, unless something insane happens, there will be no episode next week. Kev, of course, is on vacation. I need a mental vacation, and Samir needs to figure out how to get us more views. So, um, <laughs> just just playing, buddy. You're doing a great job. Um, so yeah, no, probably no show next week. We will do live streams though, because you know you got we know how much you guys love those. So, I am Jared. That's the intern, Samir. That's tailgating the quads, Mr. Kev. We will catch y'all in two weeks. Absolutely. Uh, Peace. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.